Balls are back. Yeah, they had us the first half. I'm not going to lie. Oh, could be Wayne. I think I got my swagger back. Oh, oh. I love it, baby. Them orange britches. Something about them orange britches. Ball hit high in the air in the right field, going back to Sayre, and Tennessee can say hello with Column. A grand slam in the bottom of the ninth. You can't draw it up any better. We just won a basketball game, and we're very happy right now. I made up my mind, I don't expect to ever look back. I'm going to stay at the University of Tennessee. Yeah! Reddit did to do and welcome into more important issues. It is Thursday, January 12th. I did mess up the title, but it is Thursday, January 12th. We're not taking you back in time. I got to get your thoughts on time traveling sometime. We're not going to get into this early in the show. Maybe after 9, 930, we'll, we'll start talking about it. But I do got to get your thoughts sometime. Um, we're talking about the transfer portal. Um, some guys do, I guess, try to go back in time and change their decisions in that. So... I just love the guys that have entered it like eight times. Like, it's awesome. <laughs> I don't – yes, I, I have a lot of questions about that, actually. Just, just I don't, each season, you're like, hey, you know, this ain't from – like, it's just a merry-go-round at that point. Yeah, I don't think we can really get into that, although tonight, but I do have – I, I have a lot of questions. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about the polls and how they ended. I had a – I thought about this on, on my – I had to drive to Cleveland tonight. And I, I had – I pieced together some thoughts that I originally didn't have, so – Hopefully, I can get them all straightened out because um, I did think about that while driving. Uh, 11 straight against Vandy. When they said that last night or Tuesday night, excuse me, honestly, I was – I fact-checked it. That just did – it doesn't feel like – it didn't feel like 10 straight. You called cap? I did. I did. Definitely. <laughs> I did. Um, but it is – it does feel good to do that. Um, it does show – in my which Vandy's been down um, from where they were for like – I mean, it's not like they've had a super historic pass, but where they were before Tennessee got like Bruce Pearl, they were a much better basketball team. So it's not – they definitely haven't been that. But I do think it shows what Rick Barnes has done for this program personally. Yeah, I think Tennessee being good, you know, the timelines kind of match up where Vanderbilt's mm -hmm. just been piss poor. <laughs> right, right. Um, uh, yeah, for sure. So and, take full credit for it. So congratulations, Tennessee. You're the reason why Vanderbilt is that bad. And I, I enjoyed them being that bad. So thank you again. Yeah. Yeah. We have, uh, we're also going to talk about the Kentucky game. But before that, we are going to talk about good friend of the pod, our man. He's number five in your programs, number one in your hearts. I, I don't think that's ever been true before now. And that's Chris Lofton. And I'm so excited. This is the first Jersey retirement we've gotten for someone that we grew up with, like that yeah. we actually experienced because we did we got Peyton Manning and was at 06 South Carolina but we never really got to see him play at, in Tennessee that we remember um so this is the first time so like this is kind of a getting old moment for me but I'm also really excited because he probably did deserve it a long time ago um I would I'll butcher I'll Bob Kessling his last name um but the SID Tom you guys know him great guy uh he actually mentioned that this probably would have happened a long time ago but they wanted him here for it, obviously, and he just finished his playing career. And, and so Tommy works out. So I'm really excited. Like this is – I'm obviously excited for the Kentucky game, but I am – I'm fired up because I know he's going to get a, a super warm welcome back in Knoxville, and he's going to be the only one in the rafter for a time being while they rearrange it. 
uh, Ray Mears, Pat Summit, John Ward, and, and other retired jerseys. So he'll be the only one for a while. And I think that's, I honestly think that's really cool. And that should kind of become a tradition that you get like X amount of games or that whole season to yourself in the rafters or uh, in Neyland. That just seems like a really cool thing that may be on purpose, but it also may be on accident. That should become a tradition. Yeah, I think that's cool um, to be there by yourself. You know, you are the program mm -hmm. at that point. So, yeah, it, it's awesome to see. And it's really cool for us because we, we've had him on the show. We also got to talk to him at, at a tailgate. Uh, for the Missouri football game. Um, that was really cool. He liked my jacket. so. <laughs> well, I told Landon I would have given it to him. He complimented I would have taken it off and handed it to him. <laughs> Stargazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you asked me, you didn't give it to him? <laughs> it's kind of cold. <laughs> what are you going to do? It's Chris Lofton. If he would have uh, asked for it, I would have had to give it to him. For sure. And I think my – it's hard sometimes because some of your favorite players don't seem like good people. Uh, Chris Lofton seems like one of the most genuinely good guys in the world. I, I mean, we've obviously talked to him and interacted with him and had him on the show, and he's been really good to us. I don't know him personally. I feel like I should always – like I don't, but we we have gotten to know him outside of his basketball career, and he's just always been super nice to us. Uh, to give us the time and come on the show, that is the coolest thing ever, and I will forever appreciate him for that. And um, congratulations to him. I, I We talked to him about getting him on the show before this, but it did kind of sneak up on us. Um, if we're just being honest. So we, we will try to get him on before the end of the basketball season and, and discuss uh, what happens tomorrow tomorrow afternoon. So um, congratulations again, Chris. This is a – I can't believe we didn't do it already. Just Chris Lofton, every, he deserves a more important issue, standing ovation. Number five, it seems like Zakai Ziegler is going to be the last number five too, which I don't hate it, but it would have been cool to see that number get earned by somebody. Yeah. I mean, maybe that is the new tradition. It'd be cool. I would not mind it. I'm sure he wouldn't mind it either, but uh, yeah, it's it's just it's awesome because like he was a player that we grew, like. It's not some like historic person that you hear like. I mean, we hear Johnny Majors and we know how good he was, but like we never got to like witness him playing. Even right. Peyton Manning here, like when he graduated, we were two years old. So um, you know, it's really good. Just everybody had a Chris Lofton jersey. You know, that's that's probably like if. You polled everybody that has a Twitter, I guess, that age. <laughs> everybody would be like, you know, who, who's your favorite Vol basketball player of all time? I would say 90% say Chris Lofton. Oh, so many Chris Loftons. You talked about his jersey, too. I used to, like every child, go out in the driveway, five, four, three, two, you know, one, and and, and shoot the final. Um, and I would always put on my Chris Lofton jersey for it. Yeah. Probably the wrong shade of orange, but it was a number five. Oh, yeah, it's probably a starter jersey. <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs> and not probably when so. starter was cool either. Now it's cool. Um, now it's hard to find. But Yeah, I should have kept all my starter jackets. I had some sweet ones. Yeah. Probably got hated on at BKU. But uh, we'll also get into some questions. If you have them, drop them in the chat, and uh, we'll get to another segment too there at the end. Before we jump into the show as a whole, I do want to mention our good friends, um, Underdog, Underdog is, is Knoxville's best sports collectibles uh, store with a wide selection of UT cards, autographs, and memorabilia. Whether you're looking for a Peyton Manning autographed helmet or the most recent Topps baseball card release, you'll find it at Underdog. The shop is owned by UT graduates and proudly supports UT sports by hosting NIL events throughout the year. Speaking of that, Maui Ahuna is going to be there Saturday. It's always a good day to go to Underdog, but Saturday, you're going to be on campus anyways for Kentucky. S Buy that ticket. Nine dollars get you an autograph from Maui Ahuna. Is it too early to call him an all American? Like he's going to be an all American. 
He's preseason, so he's right. Like, he's he's going to be an All American, that legitimate yeah. All American in Tennessee. Um, top draft pick potential. Like, go go get that autograph. Um, go you to have your picture made with him. You know, yeah. you don't just have get an autograph. You get to have your picture made with him. There, there's it's a really cool atmosphere there. So yeah, go check that out before yep. the game on on Saturday. Yep. Shout out to Underdog. Uh, shop, stop by the University Commons Shopping Center next to Publix and Domino's to check them out. They're open six days a week. They also do a live YouTube show three nights per week, as well as some uh, unboxings. Um, do they call them at Card Collectibles? Unboxings? Yeah. yeah. I think so. um, remember, always bet on the card underdogs. Card breaks? Is that what they are? Card Maybe. breaks? That sounds right. That sounds right. Uh, card breaks. So make sure you check them out on, on all their social media. Um, and remember, always bet on the underdog. One more time for Underdog Collectibles. Shout out to them. Maui Ahuna, they're this Saturday. This is yep. going to become an ovation show. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's get right into some UT football before we do get to the exciting stuff for the weekend. The transfer portal has been good to Tennessee. I like the need addressing. And a lot of people was going into Josh Heupel's not getting getting these, you know, the guys in the portal he needs to get. And, and you addressed a ton of needs and you, and you got, and I think even one guy you got just kind of as a sprinkle on top. Yeah. I mean, like they've done a really good job of kind of replacing people they lost um, mm-hmm. in the transfer portal. And I think that that's what the transfer portal should be used for. I don't think you can rebuild a whole entire roster with it. I think it can, it can help you, you know, build up a program. If you're down, like, I mean, Josh Heibel, that's a perfect example. Like, he did a really good job in the transfer portal to kind of build that. And it wasn't even really just him. Jeremy Pruitt did have a hand in bringing Hendon Hooker here. Um, But, you know, it helps mask a little bit of the deficiencies within your roster. Um, Definitely a jolt. You get a jolt. Like you said, it's not a program builder, but a jump start. I mean, look at the teams who, like – I mean, Alabama – hit on Jameer Gibbs, like there's, but like you can't build your roster on the transfer mm-hmm. portal. I mean, look at Michigan State last year. <laughs> a lot of excitement around that too with all with all the transfers. Yeah. I mean, Ole Miss, you know, I, I think a quarterback, that's something like I, I feel like is going to be fine. Like you can get a good quarterback within the transfer portal and it work out. But I think like after that, it's kind of like – I mean, there's a reason why those guys are in the portal. Um, so you kind of have to weed through that a little bit and not just take a guy that was a five-star out of high school. Yeah, I think there's definitely – not every guy is going to work out because like it's not like, oh, he's a transfer and he played um, at Oregon. Like that doesn't make it a guarantee that, that this guy's going to work. Because um, like you said, there may there, there's, there's probably a reason that they're leaving the school and it's not always um, – I guess – I. Jameer Gibbs, I think, is a great example of a guy who he was good at Georgia Tech, and he just needed to go somewhere else. Like he yeah. he was going to be more successful somewhere else. There's not a ton of Jameer Gibbs out there. I mean, Hendon Hooker ended up working out. That's one that I think, on the surface, before you see it work out, you're going, "What are we doing?" Yeah. I mean, if we're just being if we're just being honest, I, if if you're saying you knew Hendon Hooker was a star-studded dude before this Heisman candidate, you're a liar. You're, you're just a liar. If you've heard this story I told, there was one guy that I met in Myrtle Beach that said Hendon Hooker is a stud and he's the best quarterback on that roster. And Virginia I Tech to laugh fan. In his face. Virginia he Tech was fan. a Virginia Tech, Tech fan. He was. But he wasn't even starting at Virginia Tech. So Right. Um, yeah, he was He was one guy that I'll always say, like, he knew. 
And and if you did, or he say, was just really lucky, yeah, <laughs> right. And if you did say Tennessee needed him, that is one hundred percent true, and I don't deny that fact. Um, but yeah, it, no one could have predicted his Heisman candidacy. Yeah, but what a Monday! I mean, everything happens on a Monday. We we record on <laughs> Sunday, and then everything happens on Monday, so we have to wait till Thursday to talk about it. But um, Tennessee did land three guys on Monday, um, right before that window kind of closes within the transfer portal. So, Oregon wide receiver, Dante Thornton. Wow. I like the speed. I like the size. I mean, yeah, he's 6'4", six, 6'5", six, and he, he can fly. I mean, I just don't understand why he – I mean, I guess that's a reason why he entered the transfer board. He only had a little over 300 yards and a touchdown at, or, at Oregon. Yeah. I and mean, they – I don't know how much he played in that Georgia game, but I know they could have used some speed <laughs> in that Georgia game. Yeah, he was uh, – we can kind of pick on pick on him, whatever, and say, I think that's a guy that a lot of people are probably looking at going, there's a reason he transferred. But Oregon's not a – it's hard to be star-studded wide receiver when your, quarter, when your team's not good. And Bo Nix, he had a decent season in the sense that he had some good games, but he was not consistent throughout the year. Yeah, not any big games. Certain, certainly not that. <laughs> big game, Bo. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that, you know, I was talking about how they replace guys. I mean, losing Jalen Hyatt was a huge loss, but you get a guy in here that can run, that can play inside, play outside. Um, I think that just helps that wide receiver room. And not only lost Hyatt, you lost Cedric Tillman, too, who I know mm-hmm. didn't have a huge impact this season. Thank you, Akron. We're going to get to you in a second, Joe Moorhead. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think this is a good get and a, and a guy that they coveted out of the portal. You know, the, I know there was bigger names in the portal, but it seemed like this was a guy that they were on from the get-go and uh, and landed him. Arizona State defensive lineman Omar Norman Lott. Oh, I, real quick before you move on from Dante, uh, Dante Thornton, yep. that's the guy that I mentioned as a maybe a sprinkle on top. Wide receiver room I don't see as a big need. You mentioned Cedric Tillman being out most of the year. Um, Squirrel White seemed to fit seamlessly in this offense. Uh, and then uh, Ramel Keaton – seem to really step up his game and, and fit seamlessly with that guy out. You know Tennessee is going to see three wide receivers most of the season. I don't think this wide receiver was a big need, but I think it is a nice get for the reasons you mentioned. And I see this one as kind of just toppings. Yeah. Well, that next guy was always Walker Merrill. He entered the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to Wake Forest. I think that's where he – I didn't – possibly. I think, I didn't I think that. that happened – I think he he um, made that decision today. Um but yeah, he was always that next guy. Same Hartman returned? Did he decide to return? No, he's going right? to Notre Dame. That's right. Who Who is their quarterback? The freshman? I don't know who it is. Because Sam Hartman was hurt for most of the year, and he was. Well, Sam Hartman played in the bowl game. So, I don't know. I don't know who their next quarterback is. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, that. so they, they need another, like, guy. I know Chaz Nimrod, Caleb Webb, they like those. But, I mean, you don't really know what those guys kind of turn into as freshmen. Um, didn't have hardly any playing time this year. And Ramel Keaton, he was that next guy, but he got to – he was basically a starter because Cedric Tillman went down. So, I think you need depth just in case. Um, but I think Dante Thornton, with the speed he has, he's going to flourish in this offense. Yeah, I think so too. I, I agree with that. Um, if if my road to glory on NCAA 14 is any uh, – any future look, Chaz Nimrod's the real deal. <laughs> thrown a lot of touchdowns. Rowdy Beers has thrown a ton of touchdowns to Chaz Nimrod. I like that. And yeah. Squirrel White, by the way. Just want to – that's a not. That's a given. Yeah, for sure. 
it's hard not to throw the squirrel, like a guy named Squirrel. It's hard not to. Not for sure. Um, but yeah, Arizona State defensive lineman Omar Norman Lott. I think he's just kind of added depth piece there. Um, didn't have a ton of playing time. Had you know less than ten tackles. Had a sack on the year, um, but not a lot. He was actually in the transfer portal last year and returned to Arizona State. He had that. I think we got in the portal. He got a. Um, from what I read, he had a relationship with Rodney Garner. Yeah. And then entered it, entered it again, and I think he kind of knew where he was going as soon as he entered. Um, he was going to Tennessee. Yeah, and I, I like this. I like his size. I mean, an interior guy that big. Um, and that interior line's played pretty well. I don't know if he can necessarily, like, elevate to a – outside of um, – I'm blanking on his name right now. Amari Thomas. It's not been a lot of interior guys just shine. And it's hard to shine as an interior guy. If we're just talking just looks, this is a get-off-the-bus kind of guy. Oh, yeah. And I think, too, I think Tennessee does need – Amari's a bit, the biggest guy by a long shot. So, I do think that size is needed, too. Yeah, and they play so many guys at that position, too. Like, they – I mean, like, if Bryson Eason and Amari Thomas are your starters – those two might not be in the game at the same time the rest of the way. Yeah, I don't know how much he – I don't know where he fits in. He plays, though. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see kind of what that defensive line looks next year. I, th- I thought they had a really good year. No, Again, like no one stood out, but right. they they did their job, and no one really ran on Tennessee. I, and I, no one stood out, but Amari Thomas, he made, a, he made enough plays that you were like, yeah. Dang. I thought Bryson Eason played well in the bowl game, too. Yeah. That, I thought the whole defensive line played pretty dang good in that bowl yeah, game. Yeah, that's true. Kay, Kay just saw orange. <laughs> Poor guy. The, the raw, the raw shade of orange. <laughs> the wrong shade. <laughs> um, and, and then you added Miami offensive tackle, uh, John Campbell. And he's – That's the biggest one. That's the biggest one. You need a left tackle and – you know, I had a Miami fan kind of message me separately and just tell me, like, hey, he's, like, average. Hey, in this offense, the how fast it goes, defenses get tired. So, I mean, I don't think you have to be all world. Now, Darnell Wright had an amazing year. Yeah. But, like, Tennessee was the number one offense, and I think at right tackle you struggle with Mincy and, and Jeremiah Crawford. Yeah. Um, hopefully another year they're able to to bounce back. But a guy with experience and John Campbell, I don't think he can beat that and land the guy at another power five program. No, I, I I love this one. Like I said, I think it's the biggest get. Um he does he he graded and I hate using pro football focus as great, but they're they do the most of it. Um but as far as that goes, he graded the best on Miami's offensive line. Oh okay. Um, and like he that. did he did grade about average on Tennessee's offensive line. Um Darnell Wright obviously rated the best. So, um, yeah, he is average compared to Tennessee's line, but for Miami's line, he's the best guy y'all had, and he's gone. Yep. That NIL money wasn't that sweet. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of NIL, well, no, I'll wait for that. I'll wait for that. Okay. Okay. Sorry. But but you do lose one guy and Juwan Mitchell, and I just don't like – I thought that was kind of going to happen. Like, I mean, he was – he was kind of the third linebacker all year, even lost some snaps, I feel like, to Sloan Page. I mean, he just could never he, – he had high expectations coming into Tennessee. He was a leading tackler in Texas, but it just never clicked for some reason. 
No, I didn't see the transfer coming. You mentioned all these guys transferring a lot. This is he transferred into Tennessee. Right. So I didn't necessarily see that being the case. I didn't know if it would work out, but that kind of Yeah, I guess I, I didn't I kind of there was there was a path where I thought he wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. Now whether that move on and try to get an NFL undrafted deal somewhere or um or transfer, either one, but I just didn't really expect him to be much of a factor. I mean, Aaron Beasley's played linebacker for two years, and he was Tennessee's best linebacker by a long shot this season. Mm-hmm. And Jeremy Banks was the next one, and then Juwan Mitchell. I mean, and it was just kind of by default. I mean, not saying he played terrible or anything like that, but it, it was – there wasn't enough plays where you noticed him on the field. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, yeah. Um, I won't go that. I won't say anything else. Yeah, and I, I think he. I think this this staff likes what they have at linebacker. They like Aaron Beasley. You get Peely from BYU, a veteran guy who's you know played a ton of college football to kind of help grow these young guys behind them. They like Elijah Herring. He played quite a bit, especially on special teams. Caleb Perry the same way, um, and you got three freshmen coming in who you know I, I think is. I don't know if they're like the the top three linebacking core in college football in, mm-hmm. for incoming freshmen, but I think they're up there. I mean, they are they're solid. They play high end football. Aaron Carter was Mister Six A Gatorade Player of the Year. He's good. He's good. And, I don't know if he's ready to play good, but he's good. T. Lander played in a, um, a state championship. And then um, Jalen Smith is from Grayson. They just pump out D1 talent. So I, I like what Tennessee has and the receiver, the linebackers coming in. And I don't think Juwan Mitchell is, is a huge loss. I think. No, I, I don't. I agree with that. I agree. Yeah. No huge losses in the portal, which I think is big for Tennessee. You're going to see them through the years, especially when Tennessee brings in the talent they've brought in this year and they will in the future. You'll definitely see some guys looking for greener pastures. <clears throat> I think it's just going to be part of college football now. Um, but you try to limit that, and I think with the roster Tennessee has, you really couldn't afford to lose key guys, and you, you haven't yet, and I think that's big. Yeah, if you don't want to lose guys, you got to have success, right? <clears throat> if guys aren't playing, you at least got to be winning. Yeah, no, for sure. If you're not winning and they're not playing, they ain't staying around. I mean, that's yeah. just that's just how it is. Um, but I, I think the culture has a huge part in, in guys, you know, wanting to stick it out and see it through. Stories like Jalen Hyatt. Cedric Tillman, I mean, that, that should be all the reason to, to stick it out and see what happens. And there were a ton of rumors about Jalen Hyatt going to the portal last year. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. not rumors, speculation might be the better mm-hmm. word, but there were a ton. Yeah. There was a ton of it. So yeah. now he's Tennessee's touchdown leader at receiver. Sometimes the greener pastures are where you're standing, kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, is Blime, is that a Bud Light line? I think so. Is that what that means? I think so. This guy think he's a commercial? Who is this guy? Who's this Austin White guy? <laughs> Who's this guy? Let's talk, let's talk polls. Actually, I, I do have you spelled Sedona that way? No. Okay. It's it's with an E. Yeah, I know I know that. I, I thought maybe you oh. texted that to him. This, this, this yeah, this guy. This guy, oh. get him out of get him out of here. Dude, are they, <laughs> do they don't have Kentucky podcast going right now? I guess not. KSR must have, they must have packed it up already. Golly, can't get rid of these guys. 
Yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk polls. Um, I mentioned I'd kind of changed my thinking a little bit. Uh, so I'll tell you my original thinking. Okay. Um, the AP poll was a disgrace. TCU at number two. Tennessee out of the top, like it, it was a dis, it was a disgrace. Um, not that I think Tennessee deserved to be like super high, mm-hmm. but you're not the college football playoff. You don't have to rank them how they finish them. You get to choose who the who you think the better teams are, and you put it there. And there's just no way you can convince me you thought TCU was number two in the country after watching them get absolutely waxed on Monday night. Correct. And let's also rewind a little bit to when Tennessee lost to Georgia by what? Was yep. it 30 to 14 by two touchdowns? We went all the way back to five. Yep. How does that happen? Well, and I think I, – so, again, that, that was my original thinking. And I said the AP doesn't have to do that because they're not the college football playoff. And I thought about it, and I said, I understand the college football playoff having them at number two. You have a, you have a game to decide the winner. So, by default, it goes to TCU. That was my original thinking. The more I thought about it, how do you rank Michigan-Ohio State? They didn't play a consolation game. How do you rank – which I think those are the most important, one through four in the college ball playoff ranking. Everyone should think that. That's a fact. And then how do you rank, you know, five through ten? How does that get decided? Which bowl games are more important? Are you just making these rankings up? Yes, you are. So TCU shouldn't – I changed my mind. The college ball playoff had no reason to put TCU at number two just because they finished second because it doesn't matter. There's, they, there's no third and fourth. It doesn't matter. They didn't win their conference championship. They, they should have lost to Michigan, but – Harbaugh just gave it to him. Well, I, listen, I, I am not in the boat of TCU didn't deserve to be there because I don't know who deserved it over them. They got yeah, waxed by I agree. You, you won the game. Like, you're you're in. I think you deserve to be in the college well, football playoff. But you, here's a, you, lost, you lost two of your last three games. How are you still number two? That, yes, I agree with that. And also, they led – like, we talked about how Michigan – like, they did. If we want to look at – Michigan should have won. But they also led Michigan the whole game. They never trailed. But they shouldn't be number two. That doesn't make them number two. Yeah, I'm sorry. You, if you you're not going to lose like that and, and not go down the rankings, that's just yeah. If you're going to rank Michigan and Ohio State, if you're going to try to decide them, then you should be allowed to move TCU college ball playoff. The AP poll has zero excuses. At least college ball playoff can come out and go, oh, they're number two, like because they came in second. At least they have that. The AP has no excuse. They're just terrible at. Assessing the rankings. They're awful. I mean, just yeah. abysmal. And this really – my rant, I disagree with them, but my rant has nothing to do with Tennessee being a number six. Absolutely nothing. Whatever. It's big. I don't care. It's, an, it's frustrating, but I don't care. TCU being number two is just irritatingly stupid. Yeah. I do have – you mentioned – I do have a bone to pick with some coaches. The, the coaches poll is straight up ass. Like straight ass. Like well, it's they, just, they it's went funny. to an ass store and bought all ass. Like it was ass. <laughs> Can we get an ass counter in here? <laughs> yeah, God. What <laughs> in the world? Screw Nick Saban. Nick Saban. That dude is That's a, a whine that's a whiny baby act. That's a whiny baby act. Yeah. I have that's candy ass. I have a ton of respect for what Nick Saban's done at Alabama. I think he's one of the greatest football coaches of all time. He cried about the playoff getting expanded this year. He then cried by putting his team at number two. 
he's a crybaby. And I do find, I think it was Lance Leipold that put Alabama at number two, which I found funny. I think it was him. I thought I screenshot it, but I don't have the votes anymore. So I don't know where that went. But I think it was Lance Leipold who voted Alabama they at were, two. They were the only ones. I think, I think Nick Saban was the only one to put Alabama at number someone, two. Someone said that, but I saw, let me, let me find it and make sure, okay. but I swear someone else had him at number two. But, but even if that, you put Tennessee at sixth. But Jones had him at seventh. But that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. With, like the coaches that put Tennessee lower, that played Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Joe Moorhead, Nick Saban, and Billy Napier. You put them at six. Well, Joe Moorhead had them at seven. You lost to Tennessee. It makes your team look worse. <laughs> and I don't understand how – so we want to talk about ugly wins and, and good losses. I mean, you lost to – you didn't just lose to Tennessee. You also lost to LSU. They're not ranked very high. And I know the Tennessee loss to South Carolina was, quote-unquote, an ugly loss. But there's no such thing as a pretty win. There's no such thing. Yeah. So I just don't – like, that's Nick Saban's logic. It's dumb. I just don't understand. How are you How are you able to have the coaches poll and not have every coach involved? I feel uh, like it, every coach should be involved. It was Dana Dimmel at UTEP who had Alabama at number two. Even and he had Tennessee. He did have Tennessee at five. Well, Ken Wilson had Tennessee at eight. Oh, I didn't even see this. He's a Nevada coach. I mean, who the hell is he? Penn State is ahead of, of well, Tennessee. At least Penn State those lost their only two games that matter all year long. At least those guys, I'm like, all right, you have no. The other guys look like just petty. Yeah, Dave Doran is upset. I, but, I'm that sorry. Man, if he, Butch he Jones. I if mean, Butch Jones was at Tennessee, he would be having a press conference about how Tennessee should have been in the top four after the results of the college football playoff. I promise you that. Oh, 100%. I promise you. So for him to put Tennessee at seven after that, if he had beat, all, if he had beat three of the previous national champions, you know, you've seen fans mention it on Twitter and Facebook and stuff. He would have said it at a press conference, and, and he would have lobbied for votes. And that because that's the kind of person he is. He, he can't let his work speak for himself. He's got to speak for himself. And here he is putting down another program and coach because he's butthurt. Dude, you got paid $12 million to fetch coffee at Alabama. You can't be petty. You're not allowed to be petty. Greg Schiano, I guess, can be, but you're not allowed to be. I mean, I just don't understand the coaches' ball. Like these these coaches can't even run an, a program. Why why are we letting them vote <laughs> on other other programs? I mean, Greg Schiano, four and eight, Butch Jones, three and nine, Ken Wilson, two and ten. Joe Moorhead, two and ten. I mean, those yeah, coaches thought, suck. They are one of the worst in their shitty conference. And why are they able to judge where Tennessee's at? Is my question. <laughs> there definitely needs to be a stricter uh, application because apparently you apply for it and then they select you. Um, there needs to be a stricter application process for this. I mean, like Nick Saban, like got to like. I'm surprised he didn't put Alabama at one. I really am. I, I'm a little shocked. I. But he got and, to do and, that, and, and let Josh Heupel didn't get to do the same thing. That that just is stupid. Let me give you what I would say if I was Nick Saban. We would beat Alabama if we played them. That's what I would say. You didn't play them. Prove me wrong. You can't prove me wrong. You might give me a good argument, but you can't prove me wrong. I can't stand That's what I'd David. Say. I can't stand David Pollock, but I loved every second <laughs> of him telling Nick Saban to his face that they're I not think the he, college football anymore. I think he instantly regretted that though, because oh, he, he said it. He said it and then looked at Saban and was like. No disrespect. 
I mean, I can't imagine how much they paid Saban to be on that because I'm sure he was not I can tell you to do that. As someone who um, has to – a fan of a, whose team has to play Alabama every year, I wouldn't say it to Nick Saban. You just gave that guy like 10 more years of life. Yeah. He's going to coach I mean, till he die, the day he dies. That man loves himself so much. I would be shocked if I went to his house and his house – like there's probably no walls. It's just mirrors everywhere. <laughs> he just loves looking that's at but, That's Butch Jones. It probably is. Well, Butch Jones is behind him with his head up Saban's ass. Oh, milk cream pot. There's another one. Count it, count it, count it, count it, count it, count it. Drop it. You're dropping. You're dropping. Dave Doran. That one just drives me nuts. He went eight and five in the ACC. How in the world do you go eight and five in the ACC with a top quarterback, and then you lose him to Kentucky, and Kentucky's ass. Kentucky's in full meltdown mode. By the way. There's a, there's apparently rumors Devin now. Devin Leary just he knew he was like, you know, if I go to Kentucky, I can play absolutely horrible and still be a top <laughs> five. Pick. Yeah, Mark Stoops must have some good connections in the NFL. He's got he's got scouts I mean, on holy speed dial. Crap. Yeah, but Kentucky, did you see all this with like Mitch Barnhart? I've got a theory too about Kentucky. Mitch Barnhart and Cal, he didn't he won't let Cal build a new facility. He's got thirty million ready apparently. Won't let basketball school. I think I think I think Mitch Barnhart is. I think he's trying to get Cal to leave. They can't pay his buyout. He's got a live com- contract. Can't pay it. No. He's been he's making his life hell, so he'll leave. So you should do. I I'm gonna miss him whining on the sidelines. I'm gonna miss it. All right, before we get into Kentucky, we do need to talk about Chris Lofton. I I do want to mention that Joe Moorhead. We, we beat them by like sixty points. And he put Tennessee at six. And he tried to end he tried to end our quarterback's career. <laughs> he he pretty much did end Cedric Tillman's. Joe Moorhead, let me remind you, he's the guy that in a in a post-game presser after Ole Miss said that it was going to take a SWAT team to get him out of there. He was fired Monday. <laughs> he also got beat by Jeremy Pruitt. He, so. he did. And JG. And um would that have been Matt Luke's Ole Miss team? Before Lane Kiffin? Mm, I don't remember. Yeah, I guess so. I might have to look that up. So that was what, 2018 when he got fired? Yeah, or when he when Lane right. Joe Moorhead got fired? Who they because they lost that game, didn't they? Or no, they won that game. Right? Yeah, we we beat Garrett Schrader in all arms. No, Mississippi State. Didn't they beat Ole Miss? Wasn't that the dog piss one? Oh, he yeah. He got fired. So, yeah. All right, so he beat Matt Luke and got yeah. fired. I, that, I don't know if that's any better. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. I didn't even think about it. I'm sorry. I don't know what happened to my chalk, but I will I will fix this. Zero days. Um, my chalk's on the ground. Also, I know Pat Narduzzi is one of my stupidities, but I'm a huge Pat Narduzzi fan. Huge. Putting Tennessee at four. I mean, that's what a coach should do, right? Is your Pat Narduzzi hate about the rule change? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what? Um, I know it's a dumb rule, but he's a defense, just, he's a defensive guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get into why it's stupid. It's dumb. Yeah. Undeniably. Dumb. I mean, it. He's being an old man. It's like <laughs> I get it. I get it. Why he hates it? Like he lost to it, but what you it do? what it is. All right. Let's talk Chris Lofton. Like we said, one of the goats of Tennessee basketball, definitely of recent history. Number five, going to hang in the rafters. 
I'm excited about the game day graphic dropping Saturday. I love that it's it's against Kentucky too. Like that they just set that up perfectly. Yeah, guy from guy from Maysville, Kentucky. No didn't get offered by Kentucky. Man. Not a ton of offers coming out of high school. Yeah. All time SEC leader in three pointers. Wasn't there someone getting close there for a while? Or did someone pass him? Viscovi has to be close, right? Yeah, probably. I don't know. Well, I don't know because he didn't he didn't come in freshman year until January, technically. Or he might have played December against LSU. So that's some games he's missed. But yeah, I don't. Anyways, he led the team at one point. Um, yeah. And all credit to his basketball career, but also just talk about what a fighter the dude is. Plays his senior season um, diagnosed with testicular cancer and doesn't seem like he misses a beat. And if I remember correctly, um, he didn't tell – the public didn't know until after the season. Right? I don't uh, think the yeah, team, I don't think I the think team the, knew yeah. until like halfway through. Yeah. And then I don't think mm-hmm. the public knew until his career was over. And, yeah. I mean, that's, that's insane. Like that to – not only have that that struggle with and just like like with your body and life in general, and then to go through the grind of being a college athlete and, and being as successful as he was, like that's a guy that you just you root for, man. You root for. Yeah, and, and you know, like you said earlier, he's just a genuine dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got to talk to him a couple times, and um, you know, it, it couldn't happen to a better guy. Yeah, um, and I, I think he he loves Tennessee. He loves being around it. You know, even when we talked to him, he was, like, living in Kentucky at that point. But he was, like, trying to, like, get to Tennessee all that he, all, all that he could. Mm-hmm. Um, and then him just being around the program, you know, when they announced – they made that video, like, he's around the program quite a bit. He's at the VFL tailgates. So, um, well, when he was it, – It's good to see, like, like that – those guys, like, come back. Oh, for sure. Those are the guys you definitely still want around the program. And I think that's cool. Not just Barnes guys, um, but even guys like Chris Lofton who played before Barnes um, that that come around and still work out either in the facility or with the team during the summer when they're back. And that was something Chris Lofton did um, <laughs> when, when he is still playing overseas. And like you said, it could happen to a better guy. The fact that number five is going to hang in the rafters, and it looks like unless something changes, the Kai Ziegler is going to be the last guy to wear number five. I think that's kind of poetic in in Chris Lofton's career. Not necessarily the same type of player, but just when you when you're talking about a guy, fighter, um, gritty, undervalued, whatever you want. Like there, there are a lot of similarities there, and so that that's going to be really cool if he is in fact the last guy to wear number five. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, the one of the best parts in that video is, is the Kyle's like, "What about me?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 and we talked about it actually with him at that VFL tailgate, and we either asked him about it or just we just talked about Zakai wearing it and and kind of brought up if he was going to be the last one, and he wasn't entirely sure. Um, I guess they leave that up to him. So I, I don't know what'll happen there. He probably doesn't care. I don't think he cares. I think he, I mean, when he, that's, I love those reactions with um, people who are down to earth like that, who don't, you know, he even said it. He was like, I was kind of expecting this sometime soon, but like still crazy. Um, Guys are just, just thankful. 
Yeah, but it, but it has been that guy who's just like the heart and soul of your team. Mm. Um, yeah, Admiral wore that. Yeah. Well, so, did Kevin Punter wear that before Admiral? Was that who it was? That might be right. And he was definitely <laughs> if if it was he was the heart and soul of that team too. Ah, uh, he wore zero. Oh, that's right. That's right. Who wore five? I swear. Stokes wore five. Yeah, Jarnell Stokes wore five at one point. They talk about someone who was definitely, definitely your uh, heart and soul of that right. team. Yeah. <laughs> if you just type in Tennessee number five, the actually here's a picture of Admiral. But before that, the only two people to pop up are Zakaya and um, uh, Chris Lofton. <laughs> yeah, okay. that's all that matters. Oh yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Well, let's let's get into Vandy a little bit. Let's, let's go back in time, get some Vandy talk. Yeah, let's talk some Vandy. And we're going to Kentucky this week, so I guess this is kind of about Kentucky and Tennessee. But uh, obviously Kentucky <laughs> loses South Carolina down – or 20-point uh, underdogs. Didn't home. didn't lead the entire game. Is that correct? I don't think they I don't ever think led. so. Yeah, never know. led. If they did, it was in the last few minutes, and South Carolina obviously got it back. Uh, Austin, you tell us. Did they ever lead? Um, <laughs> and what I was – so watching that game in Tennessee and Vanderbilt are obviously tipping off right after that at midnight. Um, they, I was like, man, this is really going to suck if Kentucky finds a way to win and Tennessee just has either just has a really, really bad game because offense didn't look great to start and or loses that sets up in the worst way possible. But I yeah. think in terms of how you want to set up games, this Vanderbilt game couldn't have been better for Tennessee in terms of they did not start out like they had the last two SEC games, um, not in the same manner. And then they didn't have the best. They shot well. I'm not discrediting what they did. They shot well, but they did not have the nights they've been having. They had to find some shots. They struggled a little bit. Uh, and then obviously one big. And then it worked out in terms of looking at the other team on Tuesday night. Kentucky not only sucked, but they sucked the whole way through and never could find a way to win. They couldn't do it. Yeah. I mean, I thought Vanderbilt played pretty well. I know their starters weren't great. I think they only had 13 points oh, yeah. their starting can- five. But – I think they had a good game plan. They got to, they wanted to get to the free throw line. They wanted to play big. And, you know, they had Robbins just flopping everywhere. And he's he's a huge guy, so he's able to get the ball in the paint, but he was also able to hit free throws. Speaking um, of him flopping, that one where he's under the basket, he misses, and Vescovi puts his arm in him like that. His arm is in him like that. He never extends, and they call the foul. You're taught to do that in basketball. You cannot call a foul if you don't see the arm extend there. That's pitiful. He just jumps and loses all control of his body because I guess he's a baby giraffe mode like John Fulgerson. That's never a foul. Speaking of him flopping, sorry. That pissed me off to no end. Yeah, I mean, he had 18 points. He was averaging 13. So I, But he didn't even start. That's weird to me. Like their best player doesn't start, but especially in a post, that's – Yeah, that is very strange. Really unheard of, but – um, and, and then they had a, a, a freshman who's averaging like two points hit. He was three for three from three at one point, and they were like back to back to back. Um, and then he cooled off, and, you know, it, it was just – it was an odd game, but like Tennessee was never really played bad. I feel like they, hmm. they tied things up defensively for sure. They, they made some adjustments. I mentioned Vanderbilt wanted to play big. Tennessee went small in the second half, and I, I think kind of wore down – Vanderbilt and made them play smaller. Mm-hmm. And like it, as soon as Tennessee went on that 9 0 run to start the second half, it was over. Like it never, yeah. it never got 
close enough where, where you had to worry. Um, I mean, we yeah, ended up winning by nine. In the yeah, end of the first half. Kind of stayed that same spot throughout the entire second half. Right. In the end of that first half, I would say, is the only time in the game that I thought Tennessee struggled. I thought there were some times Vanderbilt like good, gave Tennessee some trouble, especially on Tennessee's offensive end, Vanderbilt's defensive end um, in the first half, I thought. But I never felt like Tennessee wasn't in control of the game. Even when they lost the lead there at the end of the half, it just felt like not that you had lost control, but you can't let that stuff up. Like that can't be what happens. Start. They felt like they started to struggle, and then I guess they get an earful in the locker room about the defense just wasn't great in the first half. Um, and you mentioned it, some shots fell early and not like they normally do against Tennessee, but um, there was still some stuff, like you mentioned, down low especially, that Tennessee just did not look good in the first half and and really tightened things up in the second. And, uh, I mean, I think <clears throat> Kentucky's not come out of the gate strong much this season. So I think getting out early and not letting those first half struggles happen is going to be big. And that has been something that Tennessee struggled with, not in SEC play this year, but this year it is the first half. Yeah. But this this team is they're they're vets, so oh, yeah. like even though they're down and, and I would say Vanderbilt had the momentum going into the half. You know, you, you go up on the number five team in the country on the road. Uh, you know, the the momentum's on your side. But this team comes out and, and goes on a nine zero run. I, I think a fourteen two run was what it ended up to be. But you know, that's just who they they didn't. You know, they're yeah, they down. Yeah, they're down two points. You know what's what's two points? Vescovi come out there and just drained a three. <laughs> and the and the youngest, if you want to call him immature, in the sense that he's the youngest uh, guy on your team too. You mentioned being vets. He he led all scores. Well, him and Vescovi led all scores. Yeah, with like and very identical stat lines. Like mm. pretty unreal. Fifteen points, six rebounds, three assists, both six and nine from the floor. Nice. Um, but yeah, it, it was that was. I don't think you'll ever see that again. That's a pretty crazy stat line there. No, for sure. And Julian Filter, he's a guy. He's finding his own again. He can get to the hole, and I love that about him. And, and he's so long and athletic when he gets out in transition, like it's scary. Well, isn't it, we talked about Arizona being lengthy, um, the team that Tennessee's obviously played this year. It's it's Tennessee is deceptively long because you have guys. You are like Josiah Jordan James, obviously long. Uh, Julian Phillips, you mentioned he's long. Um, obviously, your bigs, Kumwa and Plofsic, are, are, are both long. But then Vescovi plays long and Zakaya plays long. Like they are deceptively five deep long. And yeah. it's smothering defense. We actually have a question about this. So we can, I guess we can go ahead and um, ask that. Let me get it pulled up. Kind of, I mean, I didn't look up the stats. I probably should have. Um, but it says, is this the best defense team? Barnes has ever had even better than the Grant Admiral teams. I think so. That's not me. It's a question asker. Um, what about you? I mean, I think statistically they are right now, but I would say five, one through five, a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, we're just super athletic. Like at every position, we're athletic. Like even our bigs that you know you would think would lose some athleticism, they can all run the floor. Even Urosh runs the floor well. I, speaking of ovations, I got a stand-up O for Urosh. Had six rebounds. It's more than Zakaya. Um, stand-up. He is playing physical basketball right now. That's what we need from him. I don't care if you're <laughs> – I think he only had one foul. I don't know how. I don't care if you're getting fouls in the game. You got to earn them sometimes. Urosh Plavsic, 
I'm telling you, man, he, I swear, Urosh listens to the podcast because every game we criticize him and he comes out and, and does exactly what we said. So either we're telling with Barnes or he's listening. Urosh, if you are listening, you're good. You're not good enough. Go, go, go take it to Cal in Kentucky. I want Cal pitching a baby ass fit on the sideline because you pushed Shibway harder than he'd like you to. Shibway is going to hate Urosh oh, <laughs> on oh. Saturday. Urosh might get a technical on Saturday. Oh, 100%. But, but Shibway might get one too. Also, does uh, I, I don't think Kentucky has that strength coach to try <laughs> to intimidate that. Zakai Ziegler. <laughs> I forgot about that. Well, they might not have him. It might be an unpaid guy now. Apparently, they got okay. grad assistant scouting, so that strength coach might just be a grad assistant. Oh, Yeah, Cal, Cal's having to cut budget since he gets paid so much. Yeah. You got a question. Chances Uros throws a punch. I mean, uh, 50-50 not a, maybe? It's, it's not a non-zero chance. I know that. Yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just like the way this team – you know, you mentioned Uros. He was just efficient. He played 15 minutes and had 11 points and six rebounds. That's all we need, man. That's, that's we, it. We don't, even, we don't even need that much in terms Get of – Get under the basket. Do your little sky hooks <laughs> right over the rim. And, and He's dunking too. Don't, don't hate. He can, he don't can hate my boy Roche. He's got some athleticism. Just be efficient, man. He's got to wear that asking. black arm. He's got to wear that black armband. Be big. Game. You are big. Be big. <laughs> he is big. He's a huge dude. They hired Purdue's guy. Oh God, <laughs> was it was it that guy who hit like eighty threes on Tennessee? <laughs> that white. I saw uh, in. Uh, it's always a white guy from Purdue. Bracketology has Tennessee and Purdue in the same region right now. <laughs> You know, you, you think in like Nebraska and Iowa is like the widest team. Purdue's pretty up there. Well, they are from Indiana. Well, they I know, but they got a they always have a wide guy. They're the public Notre like Dame. A wide guy. Actually, I think they, Purdue's private. Zach Eady, he's like, I mean, he's Vicatus from, um, what what's that? Uh, tropical. God bless the tropics, Flint tropics, Flint tropics. Yeah, what was uh... Jesus Christ? Why can I? This is stupid that I can't think of this. <laughs> semi pro, semi pro. Yeah, they it's Zach Eady is Vicatus from semi pro. I mean, seven four. That's stupid. How? <laughs> where, where do you even? Where do? You, how do you even get that size? You see a six eleven kid from North Dakota State and just hoop. Yeah. What? what I don't why? know. He can hoop though. <laughs> Yeah, I hate that. That's stupid. I wish I was taller. Uh, big game. We need a big game from Josiah Jordan James too. Not his best night against Vanderbilt. Um, not a worst. Not his worst though. But when he's in the game, I know he didn't play a ton, but you need him to impact in every single, um, like every single facet of the game. You don't necessarily need him just scoring points. He's your guy that gets rebounds, um, assists, mm-hmm. steals. He can make blocks. Speaking of that, Urosh got another block. No, he didn't get a block. I thought he did on Tuesday. But he did. Yeah, Tennessee did play smaller. So I think that's why Waka didn't play that much. He only had, I don't think he had a single stat. I didn't think he played. I don't ever remember really seeing him. But I didn't remember him he getting only played the game. two minutes. Yeah, yeah, but I saw it obviously in the in the uh, stat line. Um, but yeah, just having Josiah back and be able to play smaller, I, I just. Minutes are going to get cut. I mean, that's just part of it. But Yeah, and I think Toby Walker too, his role on this team is very much going to be bigs in foul trouble. We need a physical presence. That's when he's going to come in. And it's never going to be a lot of minutes because his job's kind of to go in there and 
and bounce around, which means probably fouls. <laughs> so yeah. he's never going to be in for a ton of minutes, but you do, you are going to need him throughout the season. I mean, you didn't just need him against – you had it. your other bigs played really well. So. And they're going to force – I think they go small against Kentucky because, hey, Sheboy's going to have to guard somebody. I would make him guard Josiah or, or Julian or Olivier, somebody with some length that, you know, he's going to be matched up with. Can he defend? Can he step out on the perimeter and defend somebody? Can he get in the pick and roll and defend somebody? My guess is no. I mean, there was a I'll reason why no. Tennessee won twice last year or three times. Yeah, I'll say no. Did we won um, twice or three times? Twice. Twice. Okay. We lost at Rupp, didn't we? Yeah. I think we got killed at Rupp, right? Yeah. Wasn't that the 100-point game? Yeah. Yeah. 107 to it was a blowout. Um, which I meant to look it up. That, yeah, that's good, the first good luck time staying with Zakai off a off a screen. <laughs> no, I'm with you, and I chances are no in that situation. Um, but I, I mean, yeah, I think Tennessee can definitely take advantage playing small. I Sheba's really good. Sheba's really good. I think if you have Urosh and Adu on their game, I think they can give Sheba trouble. I think Sheboy probably wins the battle when we're talking just down low. I mean, that's uh, he's he's really good, but I think they can get the better of him at at times. I do. Well, and, and they've always let like one guy's getting theirs. Robbins, yeah, yeah. against Vanderbilt, he got his, but it, it's, it's it's not everybody enough. else. Yeah it's, yeah, it's not enough. So, and, and I just don't know. You know, I know Casey Wallace is, you know, a really talented freshman, but. They just haven't put it together, and it's it's weird um, that we're we're this far into the season. They're still having some, you know, it what looks, you see like at the beginning of the season with Kentucky. It looks like Kentucky normally game one. Yeah, that's what they, it looks like right now, and it's very. When it's weird. like it's not they're not made up of freshmen really either. I mean, and they did. Jason I mean, Wallace. That's a, I think Ware is also a, a young guy, but Severe Wheeler and Oscar Sheboy are yeah. their team, and they're vets. So it, it's right. it's a whole nother issue with it, it's not just five freshmen that are that are figuring it out anymore. I mean this this team has some some issues. Oh, 100 percent. It's very it's very strange that it's it's happened and they they'll figure it out it. against Tennessee because they always do. That's, but that's how it goes. Um, yeah. Hey, and credit to Thompson Bowling Arena. The 9 p.m. tip off. Students aren't on campus. I'm not saying it was Thompson Bowling at its best on Tuesday night but it was pretty darn good, and I expect it to be at its best on Saturday. It also pisses me off. I had – I think one of the tickets I got offered was four seats, which stings even more. Um, and then I got another ticket offered to me, and I couldn't go Tuesday night, and I'm really, really upset about it. Anyway, I digress because um, <laughs> that would have been a fun game to be at. But, uh, no, I expect Thompson Mullen to, to be at its best. Even – we mentioned it. Shibai probably gets his. He probably has around 16 points, but I don't think it's going to be enough. And, and I don't see Tennessee struggling at the guard position. That's another thing about Tennessee's defense. I mentioned one through five in being just good, and I don't think one through five was necessarily that good with Admiral and Grant. Not that they were bad. But Tennessee's guard situation in terms of defense and offense, but especially defense, is elevated. I don't think it's calculable how much better the defense is at the guard position. I don't know if there's guards on Kentucky's offense that can just take Tennessee for 40 minutes. Yeah, hundred. I mean, you have two guys that are playing their best basketball right now, and Zakai, who 
is not being counted on to score a whole bunch of points because he's getting everybody open. You know, he's had 40 um, or 30 assists in the last four games in SEC play. Vescovi is shooting 48% from three in the last four SEC games. So, um, you know, these guys are playing really good basketball right now. And, you know, I just think that the offense is is rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Vanderbilt was just kind of a – it was kind of weird. Like, if you saw that score, you're thinking, oh, Tennessee struggled offensively. They really didn't. It was more they, – they did have some turnovers, but shooting the basketball wasn't an issue. No, it it wasn't bad. And when they did miss, I thought for the most part it boiled down to outside of maybe Josiah Jordan-James who just seemed to literally drop the ball in the hoop. I mean, one time it bounced around the rim six times. Um, I thought the shot selection when they missed wasn't great most of the time. Uh, (laughs) Listen, I love Santiago Vescovi and his newly found accent. But that one he shot from deep because I guess he thought it was late in the shot clock. I mean, it was late, but you had time to at least get a better shot. Example of just, I thought, some poor shot selection. Yeah, but they're playing really good basketball right now. Julian Phillips has played well. I thought Tyree Key, you know, hit some shots the other night. That's something that, that we've been waiting on seeing. Um, so, yeah, the offense is coming along. And I think the defense is, is always going to be there. Um, you know, they, they made some second-half adjustments against Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt kind of cooled off a little bit, too. And – it was kind of over in the second half. So hopefully they're able to, to keep that momentum up. I'd love a game like South Carolina <laughs> where we just freaking dominate them. I don't know if I could take it. Go up 20 points. in the first half and, and you know, just cruise to a victory. That'd be nice, you know. It, it would be good. And I am a little concerned that Cal may have a heart attack before the end of the season. Mm. I mean, did you see him Tuesday night? He can pull an Urban Meyer and say he's he, stepping away from he, basketball he due might. to health issues. He might just do that. Yeah. Um, this school is I such think, a basketball school that I can't take it anymore. Tennessee such – or Kentucky such a basketball school? Yeah, he can't take it anymore. <laughs> like, it's just too much. Kentucky – Kentucky as a whole sucks. I'm sorry, Austin. They, they're <laughs> just the worst. They are. The worst. Also, I – Also, like, are they not – Kind of riding a high. I mean, their team just won a national championship in football. So, yeah, I, it's tough, man. That, that I mean, two day turnover, the one day turnover really is tough. I mean, they, they just became Georgia fans last year. They had a whole year to enjoy it and, you know, still won a national title. So, so no more ball cats. It's dog cats. There can't yeah, be so. there can't be any Volcats left. The one Volcat I knew won't even admit he was a Volcat at one point. I wonder how the Astros are doing too. You know, that's that's their major league baseball team. Are the Astros so, the, the most insufferable un, ins, like it, it, for me it used to probably be probably the Yankees if we're just being honest. But yeah. Uh, maybe when we were growing up, like when obviously when we got older, the Red Sox broke the curse. There were some insufferable, just Boston fans in general. But I, I think it's yeah. I think because it's not Astros fans that are insufferable, it's just the organization. Yeah, they're just scumbags. Yeah, exact scumbag behavior. I can't wait to ask. Speaking of, of breaking news, Evan Russell, Tennessee legend, is coming on the pod on Sunday night. Um, I can't wait to – I'm going to ask him straight up who would win in a fight between him and Jose Altuve. 
<laughs> Wait, is that who? No, it was uh, him and uh, God, women UFC fighter. Wasn't it? Oh, wasn't that who it was? Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey. Wasn't that the? Oh, I guess question? I forgot about that. Yeah, I'm just okay. gonna ask him. Like, that's one of the first things we're gonna do is I'm just gonna name off somebody and you tell me if you can beat them in the fight. All right. Yeah. Also, I love Tony Vitello. Do not take this as slander. He doesn't look like a hooper. He looks. He's got, he he's looks, got some style. He might be a get off the bus guy. I think he looks like a baseball manager way more than a hooper. He's, he picked the right profession. <laughs> I bet he gets real mad during basketball. Yeah, no, he basketball seen, is a frustrating sport. I, I bet he sets. I guess baseball is too, but I bet he sets hard screens. He looked like that. Yeah. And you turn around, you're playing men's league, you turn around, you're like, wait, what? Yeah, I, I bet he's very physical and gets really upset when somebody calls their own foul. I'd face guard him, piss him off. <laughs> <sighs> For sure, man. Yeah. Evan Russell, I'm glad you mentioned that. Excited to get him on the show. Yeah, that'd be fun. We're going to get um, to questions, unless you have anything else for this. Other, I mean, I guess we can. Yeah, that's, gonna... that's kind of all I got. I mean, besides Jordan James, I do want to mention that, you know, he did have seven points the other night, but didn't really impact the game through rebounds and assists, which I just think that's uncharacteristic of him. So I'd like to see, you know, more of that, just impacting the game in different ways. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before I look, because I looked in the middle of the game, or before I say this, I'm going to double check. Because last year, both of us, especially Landon, really got on to Tennessee's free throw shooting. They missed one on Tuesday night. And yeah, I think on the season, it's been really good, too. I'm going to yeah. double check that. Also, Tennessee almost passed uh, Houston in the Kim Palm. They're number two in the Kim Palm. They almost passed Houston, who's number one, which is maybe. I mean, obviously, that's not a doesn't win a championship, but uh, it'd be nice to to have that. Uh, I'm the Alabama Tennessee game is going to be electric. Oh yeah, it's it's kind of fun that we Tennessee and Alabama have never been rivals in. I feel like we always play at Alabama until this year. I feel like it's always at Alabama. It do, it does feel like it's always at Alabama. <laughs> 72% from the line. That's not phenomenal, but that's not as bad as I feel like it normally is. Yeah. Well. Hey, games like that the other night, that, that's what Boo set up some. So. Oh, for sure. Keep building on it. For sure. Let's get into questions. Before we do that, Landon's going to talk about our good friends at Underdog. Yeah, I am. Um. <laughs> good guys. And I want to mention before he gets to that, Ham and Goodies. Shout out to them again. Always taking care of the pod. Friends of the pod. Always taking care of us at the tailgate. Which me and Landon have already started prepping for next year. No big deal. Shout out to us. Um, gotcha. But shout out to Ham and Goodies for always giving us the, the tasty desserts. If you're not prepared, you're behind. Exactly. Um, yeah. Our good friends at Underdog. Underdog is Knoxville's best sports collectible store with a wide selection of UT cards, autographs, and memorabilia. Whether you're looking for a Peyton Manning autograph helmet or the most recent Topps baseball card or an autograph from Maui Ahuna on Saturday, You'll find that at Underdog. The shop is owned by UT grads and proudly supports UT sports by hosting NIL events like Saturday throughout the year. Stop by the University Commons Shopping Center next to Publix and Domino's to check them out. Open six days a week with live YouTube shows, three nights a week. Remember, always bet the underdog. Love those guys. Go check them out. Absolutely. And that's at, that's at 11. That event's at 11, so you got plenty of time. Go in, get an autograph, get a picture, get over to Thompson Bowling and see Tennessee blow the doors off Kentucky. Yeah. Um, before we get into questions, I do need to tell a story. I meant that this, this was my most important on Sunday, 
Hey, speaking of speaking of tailgating, before you get into that, is Austin gonna tailgate with us? No, he's a circle park guy. He's too good. God, he's too good. He doesn't know what it's like to be from the south of the river, brother. He doesn't have a clue. Gosh, he's he would never know. Man. Circle Park. That's nice. Good he booked him. us an Airbnb. I was told I had an Airbnb room or couch or something, <laughs> air mattress, floor space in Lexington next year. So yeah. it'll uh, get us. You know that doesn't. He'll book that, but he won't come to the tailgate. No. Well, that's not south. That's not that. That's closer to Circle Park than the tailgate is. Yeah, he, he like doesn't want Airbnb. He doesn't want anything to rub off on him. He exactly. don't want to be too South Knoxville, even though I know he was getting ice cream at that new South Knoxville place. Oh, interesting! He can come to South Knoxville for some cream, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Has he even? Has he even been in your hot tub? Who is? It, who is this guy? I don't know. He just sold me the house and, and just did. <laughs> he got out. Uh, all right, my story. Okay, go ahead. My Sorry, my story. Uh, so this is my brother's wife that posted this on Facebook. Um, again, should have been my most important. I love the way this uh, she is said starting, this morning, by the way. Just Facebook brother's wife. Go. <laughs> uh, she said this morning their daughter came into our room chanting, V-O-L-S, go Vols, go. And she said, I wasn't sure whether to be proud of her or mad. And then I realized it was 2 a.m. <laughs> Happy Friday, y'all. Which is, by the way, the most Caleb Mitchell move of all time. If you know me, my, fo- my football season alarm is Rocky Top. Um, so my brother is training his daughter well. Um, Austin, maybe if Kentucky fans would do that with their kids, maybe y'all could compete with Tennessee. Yeah. But until then, you just don't want it bad enough. And Austin did throw his kid in the Kentucky shirt. On picture day, which is that household divided. That's a that's a solid move. Yeah, that's a bad move. Solid move. But yeah, I'm very proud of my niece. Um, next great ball fan. Love that. Um, segments. Oh, segments. we have the national championship. Wait. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I what national championship? Really? I mean, that was if, pretty miserable. It was a good thing we got to go to bed early. If I hadn't bet on it, I wouldn't have watched the whole thing. But I bet on the over, and I had to see it hit. Mm. Yeah. Yep. I don't, I it wasn't three hundred dollars. I hate so, Georgia. It wasn't fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, I hate Georgia too, but I'm also like happy. I'm gonna win money on them. Like, if I'm gonna have to go through that, I might as well just win some money doing it. So, whatever. Yep. Last year it was – two years ago we did the Alabama where we all came over and bet and we won a ton of money. Do you remember that? I do. I, I actually tweet, I tweeted about that, um, how you just bet on Bama that game and hope they win you some money. So if they win, you're happy. If they lose, you're still happy. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of TCU being number two again, Kansas State got destroyed by Alabama. Yeah, they did. <laughs> That's why um, Nick Saban put him at number two. God, he he yeah. he used transitive property to get there. Yeah, there you go. Except yeah. he forgot that he did lose to Tennessee and LSU. He just he if he had remained, he's old landed. You got to give him a break. Alzheimer's is a tough disease. Well, he did that thing where, um, you know, if you like go through like eventually you'll like ETSU ends up beating the national champion. That's mm-hmm. what he was doing. Not this year. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, George. Not this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, man, dude, I'm part of ETSU. It's like the VFL page. They hate George Quarles. 
Oh, wow. It's bad. Which that athletic department has been. Sorry, can't find a better phrase for a shit show this past year. Um, You got some questions? Yes, we do. I have one one question from Twitter. Okay. It says, are we expecting any DBs to commit to Tennessee in the portal? I haven't heard of any. You know, maybe that's something they address in the spring. You know, if they lose some people, maybe you go get somebody. But to this point, they haven't really offered anybody that I've seen that's a defensive back. You get Warren Burrell back. You get basically everybody back besides Trayvon Flowers. There's definitely some need there, but you bring back experience. Yeah, you you just got to be better. So I don't don't know. Um, That's the only Twitter question I had. Okay. Um, I've got two. They really aren't important, but, you know, we're late. We're late on a Thursday night. It's getting dicey in here. Um, this one is, would you trade TCU's run to the natty for Tennessee's 2023 season? You obviously, you know, get to the playoff, you get to the championship, you get slaughtered. Um, I'm I wouldn't either, man. Like, no one's going to get, no one's going to let TCU live that down unless they somehow win next year. Yeah. You're not living that down. Like you have to win the very next season. You can't win. Yeah, but I mean, after, like everybody always remembers your last game. Yeah, that was and like just, that's. I yeah, mean, and if Tennessee had played in like the Gator Bowl or something, and I'd probably I mean, say yeah. But really, you know, looking let, at it, looking at the whole thing, like Tennessee was just as close as winning a national championship. <laughs> there are about oh, 35 teams in college football that were about as close as them. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, unless it was a like winning the Orange Bowl is a big deal. I know a lot of people want it in the playoff, playoff time. They don't, they don't want to admit that, but it is. And you beat Clemson, ACC champion. You, I, I'm not mad with. I'm frustrated the way South Carolina went and where you could have been, but I'm not totally pissed off the way the season ended. Yeah, because I don't think anybody was beating Georgia. The only way Georgia was losing if they ended up losing to Ohio State that night. Yeah. And they found a way, and that was – Which, again, I know Michigan beat Ohio State, but you ranked Alabama ahead of Tennessee, so you obviously don't care. <clears throat> Ohio State is the only team in the country that gave Georgia a – like they they were throwing punches at Georgia. They're yeah. the only team. Because they didn't play good against Missouri. They didn't play good against uh, Kent State. Those teams weren't really throwing punches. No. They were just hanging around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when it, Georgia wants to turn it on – it's they're hard to beat. Oh, for sure. And they do it with freaking. And also, they in it. Uh, underdogs of the year, right? I mean, Dude, all those seven and five. <laughs> there was one guy that that literally said he thought we were going to go six and five. They literally thought they weren't even going to play a game. Well, you know, weather, COVID, COVID, you never. <laughs> Maybe they just canceled the cocktail party. Well, I don't remember, and I probably did call him stupid, but I guess there were two guys at SEC Media Days that did predict that. Two guys. Two idiots. Known idiots. They, they showed the world. I know, I know everyone called them idiots if they publicly said that. The, everyone knew Georgia was going to be good this year. There was zero doubt about them being a contender. Zero doubt. Right. Did we think they would go back-to-back? Probably not, but, I mean, who has? <laughs> and Pat McAfee said they, they barely talked about Georgia this year. Brother, you all went there. You went to Athens. Yeah. You had an entire show dedicated to Georgia. What are we talking about? 
Yeah, the guys that McAfee, but what are we talking about? Seven and five. Did you see their schedule? Like, who the hell they? If they went seven and five, their plane crashed on the way back from Oregon. <laughs> like that's smart on the way back from Atlanta. They went seven and five with that schedule. I mean, that's Dude. just what an insane thought to have. They were eating chicken wings on the sideline of the national championship game. No one thought they were going seven and like five. Like the second quarter. Like it was over. <laughs> Which credit to Kirby Smart, greatest salesman of all time. If he convinced a single person in Georgia, Georgia's locker room that they were going that people said they were going seven and five. Greatest salesman yeah. of all time. Fifty-five stars. Hey, y'all are going seven and five. <laughs> they this guy said you're going seven and five. Someone from the Columbia Chronicle in Missouri said you're going seven and five. The whole media's thinking it. Yeah. Unreal. I, <laughs> um, I, I didn't think they were going to be as, as good as they were with the people that they lost. But there ain't no way I was predicting 7-5. and five. No. No, absolutely not. And if absolutely not. going into the season, if ten, I knew Tennessee was going to lose 31-14 to 14 or whatever it was, I'd take that all day. No. Now, looking back on the season, you're like, man, I wish we, like, yeah, could have beat them, but I didn't think we'd even have a shot at beating Georgia. Well, it's like the eleven and two thing. You you get told that, and you're real happy, and then they tell you it's to South Carolina, and you're like, mother, <laughs> god dang it, Shane Beamer. <laughs> yeah, seven and five, man. Um, this one I have a maybe kind of a hot take. Who has the? Is there a? Which school has the cutest live mascot? I'm gonna say outside of Smokey because Smokey's number one. I'll give you a close. Close second. It's the uh, the bison from Colorado. That mm. dude's – I think it's a girl. Cute as hell. I love bison. They're the coolest animals of all time. Not buffalo. Bison. You have one. You have one that you feel close to. Man. It's Ralphie, by the way. Ralphie yeah. the the bison. They call they say buffalo because they're the buffalo. Ralphie's not a buffalo. He's a bison. She's a bison. Whatever. That's a fail, right? That's I mean, yeah. That's, that's wrong. Yeah. Um, hmm. Are we talking? Are we talking live? Live mascot. So like Smokey, oh, like okay. the ugliest one, Ugga. Um, Mike's pretty cool, but I don't know if I'd say cute. Yeah. He's also scared. We kind of proved that in Baton Rouge. He wouldn't. Some guy said I, they stopped bringing him out a long time ago. Some guy was like, uh, they try to get him to run out with the team, but if he doesn't feel like it, they just leave him. I'm like, I don't think that's true, but also that'd be kind of deflating if you're like, yeah, the live mascot couldn't even get up for this game. <laughs> yeah. Man. We couldn't even get a big enough stake to get him in the cage. Is it Bevo? I don't think I don't know if Bevo's <laughs> cute. I will say oh, he is either, but um I I do like the colors on Bevo. Like the spots, that looks Yeah. Cool. I'm not a big fan of Bulldogs, but Butler's Bulldog, he pukes on the court. That's cute as hell. Puke is cute? Like a Bulldog puking, yeah. Put that on a shirt. <laughs> Puke is cute. <laughs> Women are going to love that. Picture of a Bulldog throwing up. They're going to love that. Eat that up. <laughs> Literally. Um, another cute one, Texas A&M. I can't remember the name. It's a Collie. Oh, yeah. The Lassie-looking dog. Yeah. Um, that's a good one. Um this isn't cute, but Auburn has the bald eagle. That's that's pretty freaking sweet. It's also I don't know the backstory on Auburn and, and why it's war eagle, but 
You're also the it Tigers. is dumb. Like that is really dumb. It's dumb. And and I think you asked me that question. Like the name of the five schools in FBS with the Tigers name. I'd completely forgot about Auburn because yeah. How could more eagled? Yeah. Um, Does Alabama have a live elephant? Surely they don't. do not. Southern Methodist Southern Methodist apparently had a Mustang that doesn't look current. Um, Arkansas has a. Pig, that's kind of cool, not cute. I saw pigs in Arizona. Them thing, they call them skunk pigs. Skunk pigs, what? Yeah. Oh, is Navy it, has a goat. That's cute. Is it a fainting goat? Is it a baby goat? Oh, that, I hope it's not fainting. It's regular it's goats are not cute. Houston has a cougar? No way. That that wins. Have that's a not cute. That's not cute. That's badass. That's a live cougar in the car. <laughs> there's no no. There's no way. Okay. It doesn't look like any more. Apparently, they have. Y'all, I bet, cool. I bet Ross Kivett is living it up with that cougar. <laughs> they, oh, my God, they do have one. Shasta the fifth, sixth. Shasta. Shasta. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to text Ross Kivett and ask him. Hey, man, get, get a picture with, with Shasta. So, yeah, that's, that's insane. Does Cal have a bear? I think they used to. I think they did. That'd they don't. Cool. I think they kept it on a leash. You know, it also would be really funny if Stanford had a tree that they like had on a leash or something like that. That'd be cool. That would be. Someone has a. Um, oh, Washington has a husky. That's that's pretty cute. Oh, I'll, this might be because I'm a Cherokee. Go Keys. Um, the coolest one is probably the Florida States. Not Oklahoma when the thing crashes. I do love wagon that. crashes. <laughs> you know who we forgot? Sir Big Spur, <laughs> the Gamecocks mascot. Yeah, that's not cute. At all. Also, that's a ripoff of Charlotte's Sir Purr. What are we doing? What Sir Purr is pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Sir Purr, but he's not a lot, but that is cool. Yeah. Uh, Temple has an owl. That's very strange, but. Oh, like Air Force has a falcon. That's pretty badass. That is pretty, that is pretty cool. North Alabama has lions? What? <laughs> the world of live mascots is fascinating. Oral? I should have done a study. Yes, two lions. Leo and Una. <laughs> two. That is insane. Um, I don't think I mentioned. Oh, East State has a husky too. That's that's weird. I, I, Ralphie. I love bison. I'm going Ralphie. Yeah, I think a bear one would be really cool. We did get to see Mike. We didn't get to see Mike the Tiger, but we got to see his, like, exhibit. Yeah, he was scared. Um, he was. He was a chicken ass, which, I under, like, now I get it. Like, he was scared. Oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't have came out either. Balls. Yeah, I wouldn't have came out either. Uh, my last one, this question for you, because, as you know, I'm not a baseball guy. Uh, never okay. claimed to be, just, like, cheering for the team. Is there a prediction starting lineup for Vol Baseball? You got one. I know there's some questions, but there hmm. are some maybe more sures. Yeah, I, I think outfield's going to be, like – there's going to be competition. Mm. Um, hmm. I think Griffin Merritt is in the outfield somewhere. I would say Kyle Booker will also be in the outfield. Who's 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 replacing Jordan Beck? Who's that going to be? It might be Griffin Merritt. That dude might be Griffin. Hit 19 home runs last year for Cincinnati. He played center field at Cincinnati, right? I think he'll be a corner outfielder. I think that's was, where. Is that accurate though, or no? I don't. I think he was a corner outfielder okay. at Cincinnati too. Gotcha. 
because um, shout out Eric Kane, who's from the <laughs> pod. Um, he did a interview with Griffin Merritt recently. I think it was released today. But he kind of talks about how he's working on his defense. Like he's always been able to hit, but his defense is where he really wants to get better at. So I just have a hard time if he's saying yeah. that that he's your center fielder, right? Um, Kyle Booker, I think I did. I think I watched so many home runs on his highlight tape go deep to center. Maybe I just it all kind of yeah. <laughs> and then Kavars Tears had a really good game against Memphis. He could be one. Um, they also got some newcomers coming in um, that can maybe take one of those spots. Jared Dickey will be your catcher. Um, first base will be Blake Berg. Second will be Christian Moore. Um, shortstop will be Mally Ahuna. And third base will be probably Zane Denton. Yeah. I mean, like I said, there are some more sures, it seems. We've, we've heard a lot of those names. But if I had to put money, that would be my starting. Yeah. Now, I mean, that – can change. I like Kyle Booker. Yeah, I, I, I hope we see more of him. Yeah. I hope we do. That catch he had, was that Kyle Booker? No, it was uh, Christian Scott, that catch against Florida, right? Yeah, Christian Scott's another game. guy who could maybe, you know, be in the running for, for one of those positions. He can play center field. Mm. Yeah. All right. They, they got a freshman. I can't remember what his name is. If it was, if I saw his face in front of me, I, I would know it, but <laughs> Um, kind of guys had a he's had a really good off season, and you know I expect him to to be have an impact, kind of like Christian Moore and Blake Burke had last year. Mm-hmm. DH yep. Logan Chambers, maybe. Um, you know he's a guy that they recruited out of junior college to hit. Um, and I, I think he had a really good off season there, so hopefully he can you know take that next step. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. A lot of lefties. <laughs> uh, I did want to mention too before we get into stupidity Candace Parker's on Jeopardy tonight it aired at 8 so I'm uh, interested to see that a little little VFL and she's playing for uh, Mamba and Mamba Cita oh, what's their charity called Kobe Bryant and his wife's mm. is it just Mamba and Mamba Cita Academy is that, is that what it yeah, is yeah maybe that's, that's who she's playing for though okay that's cool I just banged my knee on the desk god dang it um Stupidity. And my leg. Um, stupidity. Uh, my first one goes out to the great state and school of Florida. Go Gators. The uh, 2023 commit, Jalen Rashada, he is just helping the world remember that there is NIL. There's also NLI. There is a difference, and he keeps us on our toes by requesting a release from NLI because of NIL. Nice. Yeah. Which doesn't may not be true, which is crazier, but sounds yeah, like so, it sort of promised up. too much. Yeah, yeah, something's something's up there. That, that's not Check a good bounced. situation to be in. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to the Vol Club. Couldn't be us. Yeah, shout out. Apparently uh, it was thirteen million dollars, by the way. That's the rumored total. I think that came from the Orlando newspaper in Orlando newspaper. Thirteen million dollars. Of course they weren't gonna pay that. What are we right. talking about? Yeah. Um, my first one now that college football is over is Desmond Howard's playoff bracket, projected <laughs> playoff bracket from the beginning of the season. It- I've been saving this for a while. I just knew it was coming. 
Well, you could have said it in like week three, though. Yeah, yeah, I know. But I wanted to you wait know. until everything kind of settled. Um, he did get one team right, and that was Michigan. But he also played there, so that was complete bias. Um, and he, he picked them to go to the national championship and win, I think. That didn't happen. He picked Texas A&M, Pittsburgh, and Baylor. That's just so bad. That's inexcusably bad. I wish he'd come out in week two and been like, no, nah, I was just kidding. I did that for clicks. Let me give you the real one. Because there's no way anyone actually believed that. Yeah. Th- that's I absurd. Mean, I mean, ba- Baylor didn't – I don't know where they finished at. I'm going to look that Not up. good. Not good. They yeah, I mean, they, did, they didn't make it – neither one of those teams made it their conference championship. Texas A&M didn't even make a bowl game. They almost beat TCU. Um, Baylor, right? Baylor yeah. went six and seven, so they had a losing record. They almost beat TCU. Yeah, we we were in South Carolina for that week. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we were because I was like, I did say after it was TCU almost got upset, and then who else almost got upset? Was it Oregon or USC or was it a pack? It would have probably been USC, and they escaped. No, it was oh. it was Ohio State. Ohio State. No, that yes, Ohio State almost got upset, and I said this is the upset week, and no upsets have happened. I just didn't know it was going to be an absolute waxing. Yeah, it was bad. nine of nine, nine nine. Um, also, my next one is Georgia, Georgia for, and they're and they're if they're going to try to sell that underdog thing with the the schedule that they have next year is even worse than the one they had this year. UT Martin, Ball State, South Carolina, UAB, at Auburn, Kentucky, at Vanderbilt, Florida, which is neutral site, Missouri, Ole Miss, at Tennessee, at Georgia Tech. They're toughest games at Tennessee. I mean, it is. Yeah, and it's not, not far. It's, yeah, not even close. Shout out, Whitles. I mean, what in the world? Yeah, it, the underdog thing is hilariously bad. If I mean, anyone if you project them to go seven and five, they did crash a plane, and that conspiracy needs to be in play there. <laughs> if you believe that, though, like if you're in Georgia's locker room, you believe that. I'm sorry, I hate to be mean. You're an idiot. Like if you believed people actually thought that, genuinely thought that, you're an idiot. Because the people that put it out there did it for clicks. Like it's just not real. It was never real. Yeah, unreal. Incredibly dumb. Oh, listen, I didn't think they would be as good as they were this year. I didn't think they were close to 7-5. and five. Yep. They had yeah, 68 Austin, blue chips, which means four- and five-star players. They had 68 on their roster. I mean, you saw it when they – late in the game, they were running the ball down, which I love that. They're running the ball down TCU's throat. I mean, pretty much exclusively inside the tackles. And we heard how if Georgia had wanted to blow us out, they would have. Well, you did the same thing you did with TCU against us, and you didn't blow us out, like especially like that. So, I mean, maybe yeah. you couldn't have done whatever you wanted to. Right. Um, also got one more, and it is um, – I have a question for Austin. Okay. Was Powell Golf formerly a Jordan school, and what are they going to be now? Can you can we get breaking news? <laughs> I saw that on TikTok, and I'm I'm really curious. 
You can go ahead and go. It'll, I think it'll yeah, be a minute. Yeah, Big Game Boomer said the the big t- – which, shout out Big Game Boomer for voting us the best Twitter account for the football season. I appreciate it. You can it. takes, though. Yeah, yeah, you can. I mean, <laughs> everybody's – we've done it. We, we've had stupid takes. Um, but this is theirs. The Big 12 is the best conference in college basketball, and it's not even up for debate. The worst team in the Big 12 could beat the best team in the SEC. Well, the best team in the SEC beat the best team in the Big 12, so that is a real yeah, that is that. Uh, yeah, it is. And listen, if you want to say the worst team in the Big Twelve could beat, not like would in the sense that he meant it, he meant like the SEC is far inferior to the Big yeah. Twelve, which is just a bad take considering there are there is an SEC team that not only beat the best Big Twelve team but also the defending national champion by fourteen, not by two, not by uh, a possession, by fourteen. Yeah. It's also uh, this also kind of has to do with yeah Austin uh, BSN Sports sucks. Um, there's one guy in particular I would shout him out on here, but he has a relationship with some people I still uh, know, and I'm not going to throw them under the bus. But uh, that one guy at BSN sucks. BSN sucks. Inward half. I'm going to buy. I'm thinking about buying a, a, that Tennessee polo from Inward Half. Good stuff over there. I actually know a guy that's involved with Inward Half. Good guy. Okay. I don't know what that is, but it's a, it's a golf brand. I think it's local. Um, okay. So I do want to give a shout out to the best golf brand hackers. Shout out Zach Winkle. Matt. Um, good dudes too. Dr. SEC said before you judge TCU, Georgia did this to Oregon, LSU, Tennessee, et cetera. These dogs came to hunt. That national championship was not the same game against Tennessee. Not even. <laughs> no. If you, if you say that, you don't watch football. I'm sorry, you don't. You don't know football, you don't watch football. You're not a football guy. It's just like Dave Dorn. He doesn't know football. No, not. Lance, or, uh, Butch Jones, Butch Jones obviously doesn't know football. If you put Tennessee at seven or eight, you don't deserve to be a college football coach ever. No, absolutely yeah, at any At any level. Absolutely not. That's all I got. I'm done. I'm tired. All right, done venting. Um, Austin gave me an all caps, or not all caps, bunch of exclamation points, Hackers Club. I want Landon and Austin paired up for the Hackers Club next year. Little two man Scottish lowball. I can't. I've I've You're gonna when you said you were gonna start playing. I've when never started. When are you gonna start playing? When I win the lottery. Just start playing now. You've had many people offer you clubs. That's the most expensive part. I know a guy just, that'll probably get you on the course for free all the time. I'm just bad. Yeah, you are. Everyone's bad when they start. You've never played. Well, I feel like like everybody's bad. Like that I would play with everybody's bad, but I would be like like hot garbage. Not yeah, for the first little while, you got to play. You, you got to play. I refuse to play any sport that Dylan might be better than me at, and that is one. Well, if you never play, he'll always be better than you. Well, I don't play, so he's not better than me. He is better play. than you. He's going to be – see, you're going to go to Top Golf with him, and he's going to embarrass you because you won't play. Yeah. No. Nah. <laughs> all right, guys. That's all I've got. It's been fun. We will um, see you on Sunday. I'm trying to go what day is. Yeah. See you on Sunday. Evan Russell will be on the pod, so uh, right. be back for that. Um, go balls. Calipari sucks. And we're bringing the boat in, and we out.